On this episode of RVA Real Estate Talk, we're going to teach you, whether you are a buyer or an agent, how to get through this real estate market without completely wanting to kill yourself. You're listening to RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker, your source for an honest, insightful look into Central Virginia's real estate market. Combined, Jared and Galen have over 20 years of experience in real estate, as well as hundreds of testimonials from clients past and present who rely on them for advice and assistance buying and selling a home in today's incredibly hot and competitive housing market. And now, your hosts, Jared Davis and Galen Parker. I am Jared Davis. And I am still Galen Parker. Man, what a... Do we have longer? Oh, that's right. When you fade our music, it fades on your end, but doesn't fade in, right? <laughs> and I'm like, man, these things just keep getting longer. We're just going to have an EP by the time we're, we're done. <laughs> we're man, what goal. a wild market it has If you're been. still alive. Man, if you heard our intro, every buyer client we have wants to absolutely murder themselves right this second. It seems like there's no hope for people out there right now unless I, you're a seller yeah it, then if, life is great if you're a buyer right now hats off to you for staying i've got clients <laughs> they're driving down from dc every saturday <laughs> tell me about We're what putting, the one said today put, <laughs> about the nice house oh yeah it's like even when they see a house that they think they're gonna love they go, oh man we love this house we're probably not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like they're like so, they so beaten down. There's no the, the glimmer, the shine, the sparkle in the buyer's eye. Even when they have money, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially now it's just they, tears. Exactly. It's like if the house is too nice, then they almost don't even want to ride on it. They're yeah, like, exactly. Is, this, is there even I a can't chance? Get the, I can't get the product fast enough to people. They, they, I mean, yeah. it's, it's been insane. So we're going to break that a down a little picture bit. picture and just put it on the internet. I know. I don't know. Really what's going no on. No image available. Doesn't matter. Five <laughs> contracts. <laughs> it's like a nice toilet. Do you want to buy it? Not a crime scene. You want it? That's right. I mean, so that's what we're going to talk about today is how do you get past this market? For and sure. We're going to talk about some market updates, you know, let people know what's going on inventory wise. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the deep dive. Okay. What are, what, what's new? Let's what start we, off with an important thing. How is your day today going, big guy? Well, I am. Um, what's the word? Damp. <laughs> it has been a uh, mon monstrous monsoon of a storm. And uh, let me just do. A, let me just people. do a PSA out there for list agents. I know you want to save your clients money every it. step of the way. Of course. But can you please, list agents, stop telling your clients that they can cut their utilities off before we close? I mean, it makes no sense to save the dollar fifty that you're going to save on utilities before we do the final walkthrough. <laughs> so I show up to a house today. They put the keys inside the house. So all the keys are locked in. But they give me the garage code, but there's no power onto the house. So now I can't get what? in the house. No power to the house? It's been 45 minutes outside. I have to get a locksmith. The locksmith has to drill their, their, their locks off to get inside. Rekey everything. <laughs> Did you just say that I can drill their locks off? Redrill. No, redrill. Or, no, I guess drill. Drill and then drill on new, new locks. Drill on. I like it. So, like an hour of my day wasted, and essentially, list agents will tell you, well, your client should have called and set up the utilities before close. Sure. I get that. But the problem is with the utility companies, when they're given a date, you don't know if they're going to cut it off partway through the day, if they're going to cut it off early, if they're going to shut it off at midnight, the day of closing. You just don't know. So, people, can you stop cutting your Please. utilities off? Please. 
I mean, I got rained on for an hour. Do it for the people. While I tried to break into a house that... And it's an unnecessary fear, I think. Everyone's like, oh, we got to get the power off. I'm like, no, you, wow, don't. You, you just saved $2.25, which would probably have been credited back to you if you just called the power company and be like, hey, uh, this is a clue. They would have been like, yeah, sure, no problem. It will well, 100% be credited. In I've fact, been in situations where they had to turn it on to, for me to get in the house to shoot it or whatever, but it takes, when you call the utility, it's just not like it's just, oh, okay, let me turn it on. It takes a couple days or, or a couple hours to even make it Unless happen. it's instant. There's only certain places that are instant where they can cut it on with like a button, but other places they do. They have to come out. They charge you another fee, and at the end of the day, they will prorate it. I, you can call them a month later if you want and tell them you sold the house, and they're going to give you your money back. So that's I love how, how it's, uh, my morning It seems been. like power companies, they can always turn it off in an instant, but if you need them to turn it back on, they're like, oh, they're going to get it off. Hey, listen, yeah, we so gotta, I got to send a guy out. But I'm like, if you don't pay, they're like, oh, we can hit a button for sure. Yes, yeah, so like, I have no socks on, no shoes on. My my jeans are still hey, soggy. No socks, no shoes, no problem. Right? My jacket's just soaked. My Patagonia jacket. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I had that today. No, no front cover of this. What kind of house was this? So like, nothing. Yeah, a front That's stoop right, and a patio yeah. on the back. Yeah, I mean, a really nice house, but just no coverage. Can I? Can I also say this? I'm actually really proud of you. Why is that? I've known you for a very long time, and I've seen you at fluctuations of rage and anger. When I talked to you, you, you were pretty calm at that moment. You were like, I was like, okay, there wasn't any yelling. Everyone it, knows Galen's the nice one. I was at like, the look Davis at this group. guy. I am. I, I would have been pretty angry. I have a short, a short straw. I feel like. Hey, I, let's go uh, through a, a really quick deviation. When you said that I'm the nice one today, mm-hmm. I yelled at someone. No, you didn't. Out of anger. Why? Over, uh, they. Uh, so I'm like driving. So you sleeping on the couch tonight? Yeah. I, I, listen, <laughs> you've met Cat. Don't yell at Cat. Don't, don't yell at Cat. That's that's a terrible idea. I don't even yell at Cat. <laughs> she, she she can fight. Uh, so I'm like at a stop. I I stop at the stop sign like a normal driver, not from Virginia. Um, and then the guy that crosses me just rolls through it. So I'm looking at him, and then he throws up his hands like I'm the idiot. And in that moment, I rolled down my window. I honked the horn. And I said, you idiot. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, sorry, I'm done. And I was just like, then as I drove away, I was on the phone. And even my brother said, did you just yell at someone? And I'm like, I think so. Is this, is this, did I do it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it right? Like, Am I doing it right? <laughs> this is I felt like a wealth of rage come up. And I think it's just probably like suppressing like other emotions and feelings oh, yeah. for so many years, swallowing it down. So like, I felt like something bubbling and I'm like, oh, what's happening? I'm like, am I about to black out? And then I just like yelled. I'm like. I feel good about myself when someone flicks me off or does something, and I just don't reciprocate. I'm like, good nice. deed for the day. I did Very nothing. Nice. Like, someone flicked me off in the GT3 yesterday, because I was, one, you're in a GT3, so anything you do, everybody's like, what a jerk, isn't a nice car? You turn on a light! Yeah, so, but but literally, I was going to turn on to, like, Southport from Courthouse, and there right. was a bunch of cars, and I put my signal on, like, way in advance. No one would let me over. I, like, slowed down a little, I sped up a little, no one wants to let me in. So then we get to, like, the turn and a truck is going straight he's behind two cars a car turns early into the doctor's office so while they do i just use that opportunity i just sped up because i'm in a gt3 and i got her i was nowhere near this truck literally he was two cars behind the car that i got in front <laughs> just of out of out of spite he's but like, he was Rrr. a guy in a diesel and he had to let someone know it and he's he just like, like gunned it like tried to run into the back of me i'm i'm not even in his lane i'm getting to the turn lane so then he swerves out of the main road which he's not even in the lane into like the debris flicks me off on the way by and i was like 
did what did I just do in any of it? Like, you ever like not alter I, someone's day at all, I'm, and they get so mad? Like, I am here for ra- road rage <laughs> stories because, like, I, I told you the one about like the guy that pulled up next to me. Like, this was like an old job. I'm like on 64. I'm like getting on. No one will let me on. I yeah, like you. I had to get on. There's like nothing I could do about it. What am I supposed to just like drive off? And he's like behind me, honking on. And he's like getting rage. And it comes up behind me, rolls out the window. And I rolled out my window because it was tinted. And I look. He sees me and he goes. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> and he just takes off. And I was like, good day to you, like, sir. You that. Yeah, he was like, Argh. When I was, <laughs> he was like, out of here. When I was 16, I got my license. I drove a work van for my dad. <laughs> and it was it was this giant, the giant van. Oh, it was awesome. like wider than the lanes in like downtown Richmond. But I was like 16. So like my parents didn't want me Long, to drive. flowy hair. They didn't want me to drive anywhere in my normal car. And then all of a sudden, like the delivery guy quit. And dad was like, well, you're that, in the van now. Yeah, that sounds worse. So I just remember That's like driving so that van for too. the year. And like cars would pass me, like flicking me off all day, just like what are you doing? And I was always just like, I'm sorry, because I was like, you know, like 15 years old. Like that, that <laughs> is... go all over the truck. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, because the, oh, yeah, everything was wrapped, so you couldn't see out the back oh, or the side awesome. windows, and they were like dirty. You know how like wraps get, so like you couldn't see anything. There was no that, rear view. There's that's barely a great a side big view. Billy story, because it's like can't drive your car. No, but like what do you need? It's like oh yeah, you can drive the van. You can They're drive like, this monster. We don't monster. need you out gallivanting like, in the city at, at nine o'clock at night. And He's like, but go deliver 20,000 mags today. You're like, Dad, it's 10 p.m. You're like, yeah, you'll be fine. You're, you're good. <laughs> yeah, the work van. I remember like everybody flicking me off in the work van all the time. I was like, I'm so sorry. Time. I was always like, oh, but my bad. I'm sure I did something. Did I, did I kill your family? I'm so my bad. Uh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> all, right. all right. Update on 3D printed houses. Oh, so last time we were talking about the amazing story of the 3D printed houses. Uh, was it plastic resin? Something. So they found... This is actually pretty cool. It's like a squirt. It's like an icing squirt bottle. It does of cement. look like that. I was like, "What is even? Just, what am I even just, looking at?" They squirt a house out. So now they finally found someone who's going to live there. Naturally, they put him in there for free ski. Yeah. He does. So it's a homeless man. Mm-hmm. He will be living in the first 3D printed house. And there's like a neighborhood of them. Yes. And Super so they've cool. created like. So we'll give Mike the link so you can we can like show them up here. I imagine we can yeah, do that. So there's yeah. like a, and like the whole community for the first couple of them are going to be all people who like. What's the correct term for homeless? Is it like home unavailable ish? I don't know. There was, there was homeless. Some, I think homeless is the homeless correct term. Feel, there's another term that they use. Um, it's like, you know, like when you're hungry, they don't do like, you know, starving people. They put like, you know, food. You're trying to call homeless people bums or something? What are you trying to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. Galen's trying to get. Definitely not bums. There's like a term. Galen's cancel culturing over here. He's like, isn't there like a derogatory term? Isn't there a derogatory term? We can call them that. There's like a term that they use that's like more modern. It's not a What's the worst? Hobo? Yeah, hobo panhandler. Or what, are we, what are we going for? No, there's like it's an official term. But anyway, so Box it's really cool. Construction worker. So I guess like the guy who's who runs the company is like his whole this whole thing is about helping like the homeless. Professional blanket fort builder. <laughs> Listen, I just I love that the listeners, the viewers, they know it's not me. They know, I'm just like, listen, there's a term that I don't know. It's an official. You know, it's funny. Well, yeah, post this video. Someone's gonna make a it's comment. It's like food wasteland. Like people live some, some 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 homeless person on like Belvedere is gonna be on his iPhone watching our like our clips of this. Saying, How dare he? At Jared Davis <laughs> underscore underscore I'm Davis. Offended. So what was funny is when we read the article, which we'll put up so you can see the pictures. It's like a 400 square foot house. 
and Gail was like, that's really small, don't you think? I was like, I mean, for a guy that like probably was in a box before, that's, like, yeah, that's so much ago. space. He was probably sharing a street corner with somebody. Now he's got... I just think that's a- awesome. Like, it, it talks a little bit about the guy and just about his viewpoint and how he just feels so much secure in this little house. I'm like, man, it's that's a super awesome. nice article. Real estate developer giving back to the community for... I remember there was a podcast not too long ago where Mike said that real estate agents have no soul. Hey. We're so full. I mean, we Check didn't give out. anybody a house, but no, but, but yeah. No, no. I mean, I'm talking about it as a collective. Somebody. Well, I mean, but it's a good idea because you think dollars. they probably took this block that probably needed to be, you know, fixed up of something. Maybe the city owned it, taxed, yeah. whatever. And then most likely it was some kind of habitat for humanity situation. They build these things. I mean, I hope that it keeps going. How cool would it be to have a ton of little tiny home 3D printed yeah, house Yeah, I was like, And also, if you live there, they give you a job. That's like related to the community, so you've got oh, to like, so to I like think, keep the neighborhood nice. Yeah, exactly. Like his job is to like do something, but like everyone has like some sort of assignment. So and it's like an HOA that pays you. Yeah. How do I get on board for this? Well, lose your home. Hmm. I don't okay. know if you. Want. How long did the 3D printing take to do? I, the little squirty thing looks like it's pretty slow, but I would imagine it's probably like a, a day or two. It probably isn't that long. It, it looks solid. It looks like a really cool place. Too. Yeah, we still are not sure. Can you take walls out? Can you can you mold? What happens if you... I'm gonna I'm gonna just say no. You can't do any of that stuff. I think so you're gonna start little from tiny 400 square foot houses. You're just it's like there. you're probably not doing a lot of renovation in the 400 square foot house. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think for the future they're gonna have to do something. I don't know. That's interesting. Like I mean, Lincoln I think logs, it is the future. Plastic Lincoln logs. Or it something. just makes sense, like with how they do it, that it would be. I mean, especially with how expensive things are getting. I hope. Whoever can do this, because it's not me right now. I hope whoever has the technology and the capability, not you yet. guys are like brain working to see how to how to make this a nationwide thing so that we can sell affordable houses to people. That would be a novel idea. <laughs> Something's needed. I mean, everything's expensive now. I mean, with California the way it is, I mean, like down downtown, it's it's all tent cities. I mean, even all these yuppies driving <clears throat> Teslas. Even I mean, let's say <laughs> look at watch Mike's it, face. Watch it. <laughs> Just had to throw that out there. Uh, so much love to the Tesla family. Mike jokes. Love Mike jokes. Um, I mean, when you think about, I mean, the homeless thing is one thing, but when you just think about the normal citizen that's renting. Oh, it's crazy. Like, they need affordable housing, and it's only getting more expensive. So I was uh, I was watching kind of like, I do a lot of social media. I was watching a, a discussion people were having. I think I was saying, like, I used to rent a terrible Richmond apartment, two bedroom, one bath, for eight fifty. Mm-hmm. It was like, my friend before me, she had it a year before me. It was eight hundred bucks. He was like three years later. Currently, the apartment below me is eleven fifty, and I was. He was like, nothing has changed. They have not like fixed anything. And I, like then b- below that, all these other comments were like, yeah, I I stayed here for nine hundred. Now it's fourteen fifty. Yep. They're like, it's the same terrible apartment. But I was just like, as people start selling, you know, landlords start selling the little houses that they have because they're yeah. like, oh, let me cash in on this. It's getting tough out there. We're gonna need some plastic uh, printing. Might get on that. Yeah, let's let's build some some three D printed houses. I would love that. I mean, if, that's a whole other thing. I don't know. If it's a podcast discussion. It's more of a right. a, a business plan discussion. But anyways, don't want to. Don't give them our plan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. This. But like for but for real, let's let's three D print some houses. Let's All get right. some people some affordable houses. Next up, you sent me an article. You know, we always talk about like the crazy houses that we see for, for sale, sure. or like we talked about that one with the bunker down underneath like the that was crazy it was crazy if you didn't see that podcast i think it's like episode 15 probably where that's it'll be at. up in a year or so <laughs> <laughs> no it's up 15's up we just it. haven't marketed We're it yet, but it, it's there so so this isn't necessarily a crazy house but for something this price point this close to home yeah we never see things this expensive so in virginia 
right here, Scottsville. It's the Charlottesville area, but it's really like Scottsville, Buckingham. It's pretty much like five counties because of how big it is. Um, $75 million. There's a property that just came on the market. And if you're asking yourself, what does $75 million get you in Virginia? Well, let me tell you. Give them a rundown. It gets you 26 houses, I believe, are on the property. I'm trying to look at the the, the total, but I think it was 26 because the article's hilarious. They're like... Our kids had tons of friends, so we needed places for them to sleep. <laughs> they, they, they put, so they put 26 houses on the property. So it's it's 4,500 acres, I believe, just at 4,500. They said it started off at, at 2,200, 2, then it grew to nearly 6,000 acres. Now it's 4,500 acres. There's a go-kart track on it. There's a, lane. a there's a brewery, and I don't mean like a little micro baby brewery, but like a legit like Hardywood. Yes, they have Hardywood on site. There's a 20 acre vineyard that has won awards for their Chardonnays and Cabernet Francs. Francs. Five wedding venues, so they could have five weddings. Five, five, five could, different wedding venues yeah. on this facility. They could have five different weddings going on. I love the it's the state's. They think it's the state's largest privately owned lake. Yep. Oh, and don't forget the bulls. Black Angus. How 100 much? cattle head. Was it just 100? Yeah, I believe they said 100 cattle. Wow. Man, each cattle has like so 100 money. acres to roam. <laughs> they got 20, 20 full-time staff. It's, uh, I was like reading this article and I was like, what would we call this segment? And I, was in a, I thought of like, does your parents even love you? Because it's like, if your parents aren't doing what this guy's doing for his family, because when you read the article, his entire motivation is like, well, I just wanted to make sure that my kids had, you know, some someplace fun to be. And like, to quote him, I was looking for a large piece of lamb, something a little bit raw that we could use as a retreat for the kids. Yeah, everything's for the kids. He was like, I he was like, I've got these horse trails, and they're not regular oh. horses. Oh, that's right. What they're, horses are on his property? They're the retired you Budweiser Clydesdales <laughs> that his family uses to pull what? them. Like they pull them in little like wagons. The wagons are in the photos too. I, I think it comes with what, at least two the wagons. You remember the comment they said about it, like what his parents thought? Oh, he was like, my parents and really enjoyed hanging out. Here. Like, so I, like, I bet oh. they did. Yeah, it's like I would really enjoy hanging out. I'm there like, too. are you Michael Jackson with Neverland Ranch? Like, what are we talking about here? It is monstrous. I, I mean, mean, I I am. I it's, pretty, it's amazing when you walk, look at the pictures. I hope y'all y'all you've been like flowing the pictures as y'all been watching this on YouTube. You may be listening in your car. Google is, it if you are. But definitely worth the Google. Every property. I mean, they they only show like five of the thirty some properties because there's barns. There's like, I mean, each barn looks like it's probably a hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollar barn, and there's like five of them. I think the one of the things that I like about it is he totally mon- like monopoly money did this whole thing because it's like as neighbors were going to move, he just bought their That's their property. Theory. That's our theory. No, it said there's parts of that where it says like he bought like neighbors' properties, like adjunct properties. Yeah, like so like all these houses are houses that you'd buy for like, you know, a 2 or 3 or 4 million dollar probably yeah. parcel that's an amazing homestead and he's like, I'm going to add that to this one. And so like the houses are all like unique and different. There's like some are uh, like super modern. So I'm like, man, this is rustic. This is like in the country. I'm like, this it was, is it's amazing. Pretty dope. Yeah. So if you haven't if you haven't seen that and if you're in the market for a seventy five million dollar parcel, you can call Galen or myself. We're, I'll do it for one percent. We are realtors. Well well it's what the seller's offering. That's obviously. what I'm asking. But we could help you with some closing That's costs or something, right? I mean, we can't that is crazy. 
Yeah. Crazy. That, if you want to sell, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't say this often. But if you want to sell your $75 million property, I'll be happy to work with you. Sure. I'll I be mean, happy to work with you. We, uh, we, the line is weekends. kind of long for $2.25 million commission sales. Sure. You know, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. we're, we're doing $2 million. Whatever you need done, I'll do it. You know, we're making about $2 million commission a week right now. So I mean, we can fit it in. I'll do it. But <laughs> Just look at me. Look at me right now. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. I mean, we're on track for about $60 million in sales this year. This year, for sure. Which is so impressive. We're looking to serve 200 families. And this joker is going to sell this <laughs> This one house. This one house. Like, <laughs> All right, guys. See you later. I'm done. And crush our entire team. Tapping out for earnings, the year. <laughs> right? He just has to do the one. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I, I want to know the story between how he, like, got, how that agent got, like, does he know them? Friend like, oh, of the family? Nasty. There's no I way. Mean, you really. This guy wasn't like, I'm going to Google the best realtor in Richmond. <laughs> yeah, you no. know why? Because he would have called me, because that's who pops up when Ooh, you Google ew. best realtor in Richmond. Right now. Davis Group. Anyway, that's right. So. All right, Mike told Mike said we had to go to the deep dive. So let's. Uh, he just wants to play the intro music. Let's see what we oh, got. Yes, for this one, is, we're, going, we're going a little indie rock. Uh, he's All curated. Right. Indie he's just, rock, and we're going to play it out a little. Mike's been tapping his foot for 20 minutes trying to get it this it to this moment. This is where he shines. Okay. Do we still have graphics for our deep dive as this is happening? Is it a graphic right now on my face? Is that what's happening? Is there like psychedelics and like... There's psychedelics happening. Is there psychedelics? Okay. And that's what we're looking for. Okay. There's a turnaround right now. Ready? Two, three, four. Come on now. Okay. Let's deep dive. Let's... Is it fading? I like it. That one's actually fading. I like that one. That one's actually fading in my ear, that one. That's a good one. I like it. Alrighty. Oh. Sorry. It's social media. Sorry. He's trying to Instagram during our <laughs> podcast. I got to make some money, guys. Day. Alrighty. So, deep dive. What do we say we're going to talk about? So, I think we're going to talk a little bit out, you know, when we led into this... If you're still, if, if you're you haven't still killed with yourself us. yet, <laughs> if, you, if, if you've been trying to buy us. for the last 25 minutes and have not committed suicide and you're it, still it's here. It's been a tough, thanks for sticking with us. It's been a tough market for a lot of people. We're, we are at what, 0. 0.6 weeks on the market? Point, well, 0. 0.6 months. 0. 0.6 months. 0. 0.6 weeks doesn't make much. No, it's like four minutes. It's like, four, it's like one day. <laughs> it feels like it. So <laughs> that's less than that. So, so 0. 0.6 months. So not six months, 0. 0.6. So. The last time we did this, we were at like 0.8 when we talked right. market update, and that was insane. So 0.6, we're literally edging on a half of a month supply, which means if they stop listing houses within two to two and a half weeks, there'd be no more houses. Nothing to do. For sale. That's crazy. So what we're seeing <clears throat> is that it's crazy. I don't know, last time we said it was like a frenzy. I mean, what's worse than a frenzy? It's like the Hunger Games it's for just, real estate. Yeah, whoever's staying alive. <laughs> That's, right. That's actually a great analogy. It's like everybody, like sellers, are just like throwing weapons into the front yard, and they're like, whoever's led standing. Two agents enter. <laughs> One agent leaves. Okay, so Jared and I have known each other for almost seven, six years now. I've been doing this for about eight. Mm-hmm. How long... I don't remember it being like It's never this. been like it's this. I don't know if in the history of real estate it's been like this. I mean, it typically... How many s- pandemics have we, have we gone through? 
Yeah, it's amazing that that actually turned housing on fire. But in general, <clears throat> I mean, six months plus, you start getting into a buyer's market. So literally, we could, we could, I mean, 12 times. We need 12 times the inventory before we can so hit do you a... Think in, do you think interest rate <clears throat> is going to level it out? I don't think it will level, but I do think it will slow. I think rates are creeping up. I've already got people that are either trying to refinance with our mortgage company or you know, that are trying to purchase and they're saying, well, rates are back up to 3.1 some cases or 3.2. And I was able to get a 2.6 that I locked in a month ago. And so now it's not as advantageous. So I think you're going to see people that maybe they were in their houses at 3.5 or 4% or maybe, you know, whatever over the last really five years, they've been able to get that. So they will at some point hit this moving cycle where now if rates come back up, it's not as advantageous for them to get out because they're going to have to take the higher payment. But inventory is still at such a low that I think rates would have to skyrocket to just stop it. So I think it's going to be a mix of values have to come up enough to slow the purchases because people just aren't going to have the purchasing power and the money to afford. And then rates are going to have to go up so that they can't afford those mortgages as well. And then maybe there's a correction, but I don't think it's going to be a crash. I think, you know, right now our values are doing this <clears throat> almost to the point where it's like, how, how can you do this forever? You can't. So it has to level. But I don't think it's going to do this. I think it's just going to kind of level out. Maybe if it dips, maybe dip for you know a little bit. Yeah, and then... I think well, you're, you're thinking of it as more of a correction than a crash. I think a lot of people are hoping for a crash. I keep hearing people like, oh, I'm just going to wait until it crashes. I'm like, you don't want that. Trust me, you for don't want that. For four years, people have been saying, you don't, you like, don't want a oh, I'm going to wait because the values are up and they're going to stop. And I'm like, do you not know how inflation works? Do you not know like, how? You don't want that. But a correction, <laughs> I think, is probably natural. Um, you, you have to have that. You can't have it like this forever. Cause it's, yeah, just... I mean, even if we were to go to like 1% growth, um, a year or 2% growth a year or three, like that would be standard. That would be like normal, yeah. normal growth. Hey, every year, if you have a, you know, $400,000 house, you're going to gain 3% there. Yeah. That'd be great. Right. 10, 12 grand in value a year. That's awesome. But right now we're seeing, you know, in some cases one, two, 3% a month, in gain so it's insane well there's definitely a sweet spot when it comes to the market right now anything above i i think what i'm seeing of anything above five is just sitting still wrong wrong totally wrong everything that i've written on personally in the last two months almost has been over five hundred thousand. so my really? team has sold cheaper stuff but we just sold a 537 today we closed a 540 about two or three days ago we've got a 555 closing in about two or three weeks wow um and almost all of those no, we were, we were over on all of them. I feel like the, the conventional wisdom is kind of out the window right now. Because I can understand what you're saying that you would think. but And that's what you would normally think. Like the higher you get in a price point, it should There's be. There's less like, buyers or whatever. What we're seeing is just kind of like, you're almost like, where where are these people coming from? But it's just like, it seems like at every price point, you're going over. Now, granted, when you get to those like 200, 300s, then it's a little like feverish yeah well but the thing is they also can't go over as much and typically don't have enough cash to wave like full appraisals but after like five hundred thousand, people are like we'll give you 50 over 60 over 70 over and in a lot of cases they're like we'll pay the whole difference in appraisal so if it appraises down because those people that generally would have the money to do it i mean if you're in that five hundred thousand dollar window i've written two in the last couple weeks fifty thousand over no appraisal if it doesn't appraise we we come out fifty thousand dollars on top of our down payment on top of everything else so so with that being said i think also the higher the 
the people are sitting on it a little bit and thinking that the, their value of their home is going to go up and then they'll sell because they can't really get into anything if they do want to sell. Well, I think there are a lot of people that are sitting on their houses right now for that reason. Sure. Because they're like, I don't know where I would move if I was to sell something. We talked about one of our clients today that is in that situation. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be that way. But the equity that they're getting out of their houses is so great that they kind of have that money to say, all right, we can waive some of the appraisal. We can do this. So if you are a buyer or buyer's agent, really the topic today is how do you navigate this? Mm-hmm. How do you keep positive? We went to, uh, I think we kind of thought of like four different groups. Yep. You got your buyer's agent. Mm-hmm. You got your buyer. Yep. Listing agent. You got your seller. So if, if you're a buyer's agent, what do you what do you tell? What, what should you be doing now? What would you recommend to the average buyer's agent? Like, hey, I know there's a lot of tears, a lot of anguish. What do you tell them? You need to set expectations up front that these things are happening because the issue I'm seeing on the listing, when I'm a listing agent, I see offers coming in and say we get 10 or 15 offers. You'll have typically five pretty good ones that are like all really competitive and really strong. And then maybe five that are like decent, you know, they're putting their best foot forward probably with what they could afford to put forward. But then you're also getting like three, four, five offers where you know, agents are putting stuff in at ask price, which is hilarious at this point. Your prerogative. But no, it's hilarious. If you're the buyer's agent that's listening to that, like, no one's going to laugh at you. And per- some people are jerks. I'm going to laugh behind your back. I'm not going to tell not you. Not to your face. But, like, you need to know that. Like, as an agent, like, please know, we have 17 agents on our team. Our sales meetings revolve around, guys, you need to be setting expectations for your buyers. Because if you're telling them, oh, sure, we could ask for closing costs or a home warranty or appliances or full inspection. Let's nitpick them on repairs. Sellers don't care right now. Sellers are like, look, if you're going to nitpick me on repairs, I'll just take one of the other 15 contracts yeah. that I got. And I, I was it's thinking, you know, as someone who works really close with our team, uh, I was soliciting some information from some of our listing agents because I want to provide that to some of our buyer agents to say, hey, like, look at this graphic. You know, this is something you can share with your clients. This is an internal thing. And it just says, like, look at some of the characteristics of accepted offers. Like, what are you what are you noticing here? So if your client sees this and says, like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm never going to do that. Well, then it's possible that this might not be the time for them to buy a house. Like yes. if they can't do that. And so we're just, it's all about just educating your clients and saying, hey, this I know it's tough. This is the battle we're in. Arm yourself to the best of your abilities. See, because you're going to frustrate your buyers if you're not giving them the expectations. And then they end up firing you down the line because they're like, we've written on so many things. Why aren't we getting it? And then if you come in like six offers down the line and start telling them, well, now you need to bid up or you need to do this, they're going to start asking, well, why didn't you tell me to do that on the last five dream houses that I found? I really wanted that one. Why did you tell me that this is what I needed to do, right? So, again, if you're a buyer's agent, just know most stuff, at least in our area, I mean, I know we have listeners all over the country and even in some other countries, but if you're in Richmond, most everything is going for anywhere from ten to 50000 over ask on average right this second. Now, and, and also, if you're an agent and you're listening to that and you've got a client who just won't listen to you, we're not talking to you. Well, you should just if, fire them. If, if, you, if you're educating your client, your client to the best of your ability, your 
and they're just not <laughs> listening. Well, we get that because everyone's had clients like that who are just like, you're saying, hey, you need to be there. Just like, nope. I'm Shake not. their hand. Hey, it's been great meeting you. I don't know if we're a great fit. I appreciate I your, appreciate. Your yeah, I hope you can get with somebody that maybe has a little more time to give you the needs that you need. I'm not that person. It's not you. It's me. Walk away amicably. That's right. Tell them that. Tell them that. Uh, tell them that Jared forced you. <laughs> I think about it. We, you don't have time, guys. You know how busy you're at. You, you are, are as agents busy. right this second. Not me. Everybody. Like everybody's busy. Right I'm talking now. to you. And you're, you're busy. Whoever's listening, right? Like we know you're busy. So do you want to be? Appreciate you even listening to this. Think about this. If you're gonna make your six grand to sell a house and then pay your splits and pay everything else out. Like people complain about that, but they don't realize the work that goes into it and how many people you don't sell houses to and how many people don't work out. Now, if you have to do that for this same person five, six, seven, over ten over times before you even get it to close, you showed them all the same houses you would have showed one buyer. You wrote all of the paperwork. Really, the only thing you didn't do is go to a home inspection on about ten <laughs> deals. You did all of the work except for get paid for it. So that's the thing. Have strong. You know, like if you're new, you may not have some of the like the agent relationships that are you know a little bit advantageous for people that are maybe in the business and they're dealing with agents they know all the time maybe there's you know some some i mean i hate to say it you know there's there's like beneficial treatment when you know the agent you know what i mean like you'd rather deal with somebody you know and you know is going to get the deal done especially when you're dealing with you know appraisal overages and all of these things yeah, especially if your client says hey i want a seamless i want a smooth deal maybe that's not the most money but i want something that's going to go i'm not going to have a heart attack well then you know? I've done that. I've won plenty where they're like, you're not the best offer, but you're the best looking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. good. No one's ever told me that. Hey, no one will ever beat me to a compliment to you, Jared Davis. <laughs> he was holding that one for a while. <laughs> I can't wait to tell Jared he's a good looking. <laughs> that's the second time today. Ow. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's the buyer's agent. Now, if you're a buyer. Yeah. So now as a buyer, we're going to tell you all the things your buyer's agent should tell should you. Be telling you. Right. Because, again, they're not. We get these agents. Agent offers that are like, please see our strong full priced offer. And then those are the ones that bug you more than anyone else. Like, did you accept it? Did anybody, did, what's going on? My client wants to know. He's really anxious. He really wants this house. And like, you feel bad, but you have to like finally like text them back and be like, guys, I haven't made a decision yet, but please know you're, you're 10 last. out of 10. You're, you're not even you're close. Last place. In no world would we take your offer or even counter your offer, right? I always think it's funny when people say, like, this is, hey, this is a strong this one's offer. Strong. This is a strong offer. Strong. I'm like, is this relative? Because this is the weakest offer I've received. Like strong? How? How is this? Like, maybe if I say it's a strong offer, you won't look at it. Well, I've got a strong offer here. This look guy. At this guy is the only one that has said it's strong so nine times yeah. in his email. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, "Man, I would like to purchase a house," I'm a buyer. I'm a prospective buyer. I'm an aspiring buyer. I love that. Um, just know, you know, one, don't fall in love too quick. That's my advice for it's everybody. It's not yours till it's closed. So you've got to be in your hand. You got to be uh, very level-headed. <laughs> we were joking a little bit. I've got a client who uh, they're awesome. They're so, they're like a, two of the funniest people I know, and they've got like really cool jobs. But they're like super cynical people, and like even when they find a house that they like really like, they're like, "Oh man, this house is gonna be so great. We want to see it." Then they're like, "We're probably not gonna get it though." <laughs> it's just like you've got to be very like you don't want them to be depressed, but just say like, "Hey, stay level-headed and realize that this right now is a competitive sport." You got to compete, and if you don't want to compete, then this might not be your time either. I feel like there needs to be some rocky music in the background. When dun, you say dun, that. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, yeah, I and mean, the thing is, you, and it's not just going to change overnight. So, like for these people that are like, I'm going to wait it out for a year or two. Well, if values are up another fifteen percent by next year, then you just crushed your budget 
by 15%, which is a huge margin, right? The rates and then if rates go up, then you're killing yourself. So again, the whole reason for this podcast isn't to deter you. It's actually to hopefully help you and encourage you to say, all right, this is what I need to do to get into a house now so that hopefully I can grow some long-term wealth over the next four to five, 10 years on this inflation run. You know, whether it corrects or not, I think people are going to be okay in the long run, no matter what. So, you know, offer price, Again, most things are going for well over ask. If you have a two hundred and thirty thousand dollars house right now, what would you say? People are normally easily bidding it up to two fifty. I would say that that's fair. If you're at two thirty, it can go up to two fifty. And and it's just re- realize that there are a lot of people who can afford that right now. Everyone ran to the market at the same time, and so it's just pushing that price up. Well, and you got people getting stimulus checks, and you get people that are getting tax returns now. You get people, I mean, I'm not getting stimulus checks, but I got none. Yeah. <laughs> so you get all that stuff going on. You also have people selling their other houses. So if somebody like. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, because think about this if somebody paid $200,000 for a house five years ago, it's probably worth about $260,000, $270,000 right this second. And they've been paying it down. So this buyer who maybe doesn't make a ton of money or maybe doesn't have a huge nest egg of cash knows that the second that house closes, they're about to drop eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 in their pocket. Well, now house. what can they do? Well, they still want maybe a minimum down payment on something. So they say, well, we want a $350,000 house and we only have to put 35000 down, but we've got $60,000 more. We can just pay the difference out of pocket. And that's yeah. why you've got people that are willing to waive you their appraisal. So... Again, appraisal waivers. Yeah, it's not people. Uh, I, I, I'm glad we even touched on that because a lot of people are like, "Where are they getting all this money from?" I'm like, "It's because they're selling a house. They they know that they're they're backed by their own equity that they've built it, and that's what you want to do." That's down it. the road. That's you why want you want the able, home. Yeah, you want to like look what had happened to them. They want to build that equity. So, all right. So now we, we've covered buyers. We've covered bu- buyers agents. Let's talk a little bit about sellers agents. What what can you be doing to help? Mm. You look at the market. Did we cover buyers all the way? <laughs> are you sure we covered buyers all the way? I think the buyers are going to need to call us. Yeah, you should call us. You may need to waive inspections. You may need to waive portions of inspections or inspection amounts. Be be good on rent backs if they need rent backs. I've had clients say, like, they can have the be rent back. flexible. We'll close and they can stay in the house for another month if they want. We won't even charge them. So there's... There's a lot of strategy. Be open-minded. Es- escalation be- clauses, if you need to, but I've even seen those aren't, haven't been. I'm as- talking to my clients. To, I'm not going to relieve. I'm not going to reveal all my secrets, but I'm talking to my clients. There's some things that you can do that are just like a lot of people just aren't thinking to do. We paid so. the the buyer paid the commission to us on a deal oh, a couple weeks ago. That's true. Seriously? Yeah, they were like, "We'll pay the we'll pay our realtors fees." Yeah, I saw that. Wow. Yeah. So think about that. That just saved them three percent on the deal, right? That, that saves the the seller. So that's like, and they're they're paying it to someone that they know. So it's not like they're just throwing money away to like you know the house or something. They're like, hey, we're just who we're thought of, who thought of that? Uh, shout out to Alex Lawson on our team. Someone I think had did that to him, and he lost an offer that he was trying to buy. And then so when he went to get the next one, he was like, I'm going to try that, and then it, it won. Ding, ding, ding. Right? So, I mean, winner, winner, I'm not saying you have to pay us on the buy side. I'm just saying there's lots of different things. So, I know we're kind of blowing past buyers pretty quick, but that is like the biggest thing probably with this podcast is like for this episode, if you're a buyer, you know, the sellers will get to you in a second. It's pretty easy for them. But for the buyers, 
like inspection contingencies, appraisal contingencies. Those are the biggest things that matter right now, even over price in a lot of instances. So if you say, well, I'm willing to pay over, but I'm not going to do anything about appraisal and I'm not doing anything about inspection, chances are you're going to be losing a lot of offers. So it needs to be price plus you've got to have some good contingencies in there. That's that's all I got. All right. Sellers or seller's agents? Well, let's do, let's do seller's agents first. Because well, seller's is the easiest. I it's think like, seller's is like, hey, hire us. Yeah, just hire. That's yeah. it. That's all. But I, I'm thinking more of... <laughs> well, this, is can, in my, this is in my wheelhouse. Yeah, so you think of kind of like a seller's agent. How can he be helping? You know, this, this market is nuts. Everyone's stressed out. Everyone's freaking out. I've seen some amazing things that have happened in the past week and a half that I've seen seller's agents do that they didn't have to do. But man, they just like bank for themselves some sort of good capital with a million different agents so that five years now when I see that that name, I'm going to remember that name and be thinking like, oh, I remember you. You you did something that helped me. Yeah. Because what, what agent do you not want to be as a list agent? I also have a notepad in my office <laughs> of names of listing agents who don't bother calling you back when you submit an offer. Like they are obligated to at least respond but we're even seeing that, and I and I, I got that confirmation from RIR. They they're obligated to. They don't have to do too much, but they at least have to say, "Hey, listen, got your offer. <laughs> I'm alive. You you didn't send it to the void." But a lot of times people don't do that, and yeah. that grinds my gears. Yeah, that's a bad agent. I agree with that because at the end of the day, you can literally BCC everybody that submitted an offer in ten minutes and just say, "Hey." We appreciate your offer. Unfortunately, we went with somebody else. We'll let you know if anything changes. But nothing makes you look stupider as a buyer's agent. It goes pending. They pinned it, and then your client's calling you, and you're like, well, why didn't you tell me it's under contract? Amazon, you... or no, it was it, uh, Zillow just told me it's pending. You're yeah. just like, Are, Zillow knows more than you in the situation? You're, you're like, like apparently, cool, cool, cool. apparently, because the agent has it. Now, don't get me wrong. I also know what it's like to be on the list side and get 20, 30, 40 offers. So if you're that agent that's like texting me every 20 minutes when we say we're going to review at five, and at four, you ask me if you have a decision. And then at five, you text me and ask me if I have a decision. And then every 30 minutes thereafter, you're calling me. Like, don't be that guy either. Understand, like, people have stuff going on. Sellers are busy. We're busy. We're trying to do offers. But we're also trying to write offers and keep up offers and run on appointments and run a business. So we understand. Call your leads. Call your leads. Yeah, you got stuff going on. So, yeah, the times are there. We tell you to put your times in accordingly. But just be cordial. If you're on the list side... Man, be how you want them to be. One of the things that I thought was, and I've seen it a couple times that I've just thought is awesome, is where a listing agent, in their response to you, they provided you with some key data. Uh, you know, it's all, you know, they, they don't provide you like personal information or things like that, but some key data that helps you as a buyer's agent educate your client, not on just on this one, but on future ones. And one of them, uh, she wrote back in her email and said, hey, we received this many offers. All of the offers were above ask. Um, one of the and she wrote down two key metrics that are reason why they why the other people won. Well, the person they waived this contingency. They also waived this contingency. So you can go back to your seller and say or your buyer and say like, all right, see, remember when you said you wouldn't do this? Yep. This is what won. Remember when you said you're like you're not sure about this one. Well, see that that's what won. You remember you're like, oh, well, how many offers? Well, here's all of these offers. There's 50 of them that came in. So. Now, going forward with that same client, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, so that's what's winning. 
oh, that's what I want to do. So now it's like easier because sometimes when we tell people, I feel like they don't necessarily believe us in that instance because they're just like, yeah, sure. But when you hear from someone else who just awarded the house, their dream house, then they're like, oh, okay, now I'm on board. And I think thank you to that agent because that really helps educate everyone. And that kind of that didn't take her a lot. That didn't, you know, she didn't have to like go through it. She just blind copied everyone, sent an email. That helps us going forward. That'll make offers better, higher quality. That makes everyone raise up. That raises the level and the value of your realtor. When you don't do that, it just, you know, detracts it. 100%. Zillow tells you. So, another thing for the list agents. Um, go into your showing time and make sure you're not allowing people to do hour plus long showings. Because if you list your house on a Friday and you're like, we're going to consider offers on Sunday, and then you let agents book an hour slot, then typically within 15 minutes, there's no more scheduled slots. And then your clients, again, this could go back to the buy side again. I know we blew through buy, but buys are the most crucial right now. Buyers, don't call us the day you want to see something. For that very reason, like, please give us a day's notice to get stuff into the scheduler. And then same thing on the list side, please guys give us enough time to show the thing and please schedule your stuff right so that we don't go in because Galen, nothing's worse. And like buyers get it when you actually explain this to them, you can show them the schedule and you can see like, not only do I need my schedule to line up, I need the seller's schedule to line up for the showings. Your schedule has to line up for the showings and nobody else can have booked a showing at that time. And so there's times sh- now... Show them the wall of black. Who it's are, just black. You <laughs> can't book it. Black. So then what happens is if they're letting you know again at like 11 o'clock at night, well, I can't call this agent up at 11 o'clock at night if you want to see this house at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I now have to go first thing in the morning. I need to get up and I have to start calling agents and saying, hey, I know your calendar is completely full and I know I'm probably the first of 40 agents to call you today, which is also super annoying because I don't want to be that guy either. But can I just be cordial and overlap some showings? And then everybody, again, whether you're on the buy side or the sell side, can we all just be cordial? Because nothing's worse than showing up and an agent that's like, well, this is my time slot. And you're like, I get it. I, I've actually seen like the it. exact opposite of yours. It's like, uh, <laughs> I feel like right now we're getting to the point where it's like, all right, five minute showings. You know, yeah. the, the minimum is 15, but I feel like we're getting to the point where it's like, are right, you guys got 30 seconds? Just get inside and look at it. But <laughs> it's open like, the door and barely look yeah, in. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> you see, look through the one. So 15 minutes, you know, that's just a, a nature. That's just kind of what we're, we're dealing with right now. But it is kind of funny. Like my, my buyer was just like, so within this 15 minute, we're supposed to decide on if we want to arrive to like $40,000 offer. I'm like, yeah, huh? huh and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 15 Look tight. at those pictures. I like, I think the 30 Two minute showing ago, gap. That was never the case. Oh, for sure. No, this no. is all new. This is. I think the 30 minute showing times like the perfect amount of time because it gives them a buffer if they show up late it gives them a buffer. and again if you're overlapping with 15 minutes you barely have overlap because people are showing yeah. up and leaving late but with 30 you typically can show up and you're like oh no one's here right this second let's it's just funny. pop in pop out it's funny you said that mike like two years ago like listening it's just like move in go ahead spend all the time you <laughs> want there you know why don't you just why don't you just move in see how you feel for a couple months it's like, I, what I you can't getting? count how many times in the past couple months that i've shown up to an appointment where i can't even get in because they're showing the house before i'm even be able to get the like they're it's already out there like, like i need to take pictures they're like yeah we just need to run these 80 buyers through real quick. yeah we've already so, sold it yeah i mean and that and that's it's gonna stay like that it just it's gonna be like that for a while so buckle up buttercup and then last is the sellers if you're a seller call us we'll sell call your us for if you're thinking well about selling ask. you will get more money than you ever imagined right now so call us sell your homes today 
and we'll put you in something else tomorrow. And the only thing I, I would say, I have to sell this house. Let's do it. I, I'll, there's one. Yeah. Anyways, I'll tell you. There's also, you know, the thought of like, well, the market's so hot, we don't have to do cosmetic stuff, or our carpet sucks, we don't have to do this, or we still want top dollar and stuff selling for 40 over, so let's just ask it. Like, we still have to make rash decisions. You can still have something sit on the market oh, yeah. because you just made a really poor decision on what to do. But just keep in mind, like, these buyers are coming in, and they're they're literally being crushed daily to try to get a house and then they finally find when they want but keep in mind they're like 40,000 over and they're waiving appraisal and they're spending every last dime they have in down payment and appraisal waivers and waiver of inspections and now they got to fix all your crap that you deferred maintenance on for seven years because you didn't take care of your house right but then you have all the cosmetic stuff too so now you're like great i can't ask for repairs this guy's got like stains in his carpet i gotta paint everything like you also don't want that so if you want top dollar keep in mind like we want as many offers as possible so that we can get as many attractive offers so yeah doing all those cosmetic that's things that's a great point the, the prep like the prepping the staging all that stuff is still crucial you still like again i think people think like oh, i don't even need a realtor right now i'll just throw it in and it'll sell it, it probably will but at the end of the day like you're not going to sell it for as much you're going to have an uh, issue it, right now and I, i've seen recently there was two instances where basically similar something similar <laughs> happened right now when a house sits on the market for like a week and a half like that thing stinks to high heaven because oh, everyone's like there must be something wrong you might as well burn it, burn it down yeah, it's like if it's not selling <laughs> in this fire. market and it's then there for a week and a half everyone's like oh yeah that's there's just blood everywhere when you go inside so it's like be very smart you've got to make rash decisions be educated just make educated decisions it's, it's kind of like, like the realtors know <laughs> it's like he's just like circling around it yep we know it's up yeah it's like everyone's like ooh, that something's not right there so yeah be very smart it's it's all about an investment Take care of your investment. That's it. Is that it? I'm set, Jared Davis. And you're <laughs> <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> no, that's it. And, and we, we we can get more aggressive with the sellers. Like last point, like I know some people are like, well, the market's up. Can we ask a little bit more? Can we do that? Yeah, there's certain leniencies we can pull that like two years ago, I would have told you I don't want your listing. Like if you had tried to pull it on me, I would have been like, no, thanks. I appreciate the business. But like we just don't do that. Um, now the market is hot enough where we just need the inventory. So if somebody says, well, this is the comp, I want to list $5,000 higher. Like I'm typically okay with it. We can make an adjustment if we need to, but if stuff's going for 10 to 20 to 30 over, if I'm five off, most likely it's not even going to be a blip yeah, on the, the market. Will, will find It'll it. correct itself. Yeah. So like I said, we can get you top dollar. If you call us, uh, you can reach out to me at 804-536-6100. You can also follow me on Instagram at underscore underscore the davis group and galen you can always reach me at 804-274-9016 again that's 804-274-9016 or you can find me on instagram at live learn love rpa so smooth i love that every part. time it's my favorite part who's ever gonna call me after this <laughs> it's ridiculous we had a great call last week where the guy was like i tried to call galen that's right. an answer. So That's I'm right. calling you. I'm like, wait, that right. screw right. you, Galen. That's, That's been RVA Real Estate Talk <laughs> with Jared Davis and Galen Parker. If you have a real estate question that you would like to ask Jared or Galen, reach out to them at Jared at CentralVARealty.com or Galen at CentralVARealty.com. Who knows? It may even be featured on an upcoming episode.